Tesh Matters with Jeff Boggs. Phone lines are open. Reach out and touch Jeff at 367-1240. What a minute before 11 o'clock. My pleasure to welcome back to the show new Iberia Mayor. Pretty to court. How are you, sir? I'm good, sir. Good to be here. Yeah, I did talk to you after the New Year, after last week's, uh, yes. two weeks ago's meeting. Uh, but um, trust you got through the cold weather okay, and yeah. I know we've got more coming this weekend. <laughs> Pretty good so far. You know, worried about all those pipes. You got a lot, got a lot of buildings to worry about. But, uh, yeah, so far so good, but uh, I'm done with that. Whew. <laughs> yeah, and I wish we weren't. It's We're not, be, though. <laughs> looks like it's going to be a beautiful week next week, though, uh, although maybe a lot of rain, but temperatures back in the 60s and 70s. But I'll take it. There you go. Before we kind of rehash uh, Tuesday night's meeting, any other uh, news or things going on you want to bring about? No, we covered a lot of interesting stuff at the meeting. It was a very long meeting. Uh, some of it we'll talk about. You know, I'm excited about a couple of grants we've received, but we'll talk about that during the recap uh so no i'm good all right um had a chance to hear from brad and i'm gonna butcher his name was it giacconi yes and he uh, is with the uh, company that's putting up the crime cameras uh, throughout the city definitely he put on a very good presentation really kind of uh reassured all of us that this will be a game changer uh, gave us some anecdotes of, you know, other communities that he's worked in, putting cameras up and doing this exact same thing. Answered a lot of questions, uh, quality of the cameras, replacement. Uh, you know, all of his stuff is governed by state contract, which is one of the reasons we were able to utilize them. Uh, so we have that protection that, you know, the prices don't go, go higher than that. Uh, it's a seven-year contract. We uh, talked about the compatibility of his camera systems with, you know, m- many different, it's not proprietary, so many different softwares that would work, they could work. Um, Fuchsius is the one we're going with, and that was the one that he actually recommended. So really, the guy's very knowledgeable, did a very good job, and uh, I'm just excited because I know that this is going to be somewhat of a game changer for us. So the first batch of 25 cameras, uh, I think they're about maybe two months away. And then he will will pay him for 25 at a time. So the contract's broken down into five, uh, 25 segments. It's the same way we do all of our construction and architectural projects, that it's all done on progress of payment, uh, you know, payment versus the progress. So uh, he'll get paid in batches of 25 cameras, and I think that's a very controllable way to make sure what we've got's working, you know, make sure we understand, move on to the next 25. But uh, just excited that that's uh, after – a couple of years, actually, of my time and, and negotiating and trying to make this happen uh, through the Clico franchise. I'm excited that we're finally going to see it come to fruition, and I, I think it's it's needed. So, uh, you know, Godspeed, quick as we can get it. If I, I understood right, uh, not necessarily advertising where these cameras are going to be. Right. I mean, you'll find them, you know, yeah. if you want to, but... Uh, <laughs> Or they'll find you. But, uh, yeah, we're not really advertising. And it's all up to the police department. It's not a, a political thing. It is a stat-driven crime necessity. You know, we'll drive it. So uh, they'll go up in the high crime areas where we're having, uh, you know, continuous problems or more frequent problems in other areas. The good thing is we, in the contract, we can move up to 10 a year for free. So my hope is that after we have these 125 crime cameras running, 
we solve some problems and some issues in some neighborhoods, well, you know, we can relocate. We can call that a victory and relocate 10 a year to go somewhere else. So we can add to the system, which is uh, kind of in my plan anyway, that this would not become a static just, okay, we're done. Um, I think that we have the ability to add, you know, additional cameras to the 125 over time. So uh, excited about that. I think, uh, I think it's a good move for us. All right. And uh, you mentioned 25 in the first wave. Uh, every couple of months, then, you expect? Uh, That's what we're expecting. Uh, my one last hiccup, and I'm working on that today, well, have been working on it, is negotiating with Clico. It would be cheaper and faster if we could put our cameras on Clico's poles, but they don't allow that. And so we are working through their attorney and, you know, uh, their, you know, their big company trying to get an answer on that. If that don't get an answer pretty quickly, I'll have to abandon that idea and spend money on poles, which is in our budget, spend money on poles and uh, electricians. So uh, I'm waiting to, to get that answer as fast as I can. The good news is we have 20-something poles already, so we got ahead of the game. In other words, we don't hold up these first cameras because the city actually owns some poles. We put those in for the uh, previous camera system that we thought we were getting for free. Um, so the good thing is those 20-something poles are sitting there waiting, empty. Oh, okay. So those are already up. So that won't uh, disturb the first wave. But, again, uh, I'm hoping that we can uh, get a favorable answer out of Clico and be able to utilize their poles because that would really speed us up. And how about uh, they need to be powered to these cameras? Yeah, you see, if you use a Clico pole, they just run a whip right down. If you use a freestanding pole, then I hire an electrician, which I put in the budget. But, you know, if I can save some money, I want to. Uh, an electrician comes and drops the power. So that's also a little slower. We'll be fine because those first poles we already have, and they're powered up. But uh, anyway, you know any, you know me. I'm trying to save a dime and put it back in. I mean, if I could not have those expenses, I could buy a few more cameras mm -hmm. or, you know, pay, help pay for that uh, Fuchsia's program that we need to buy. So th the idea behind these cameras is should a crime take place, you go back to the cameras and see if they show anything? Well, we're hoping to do better than that. At first, there will be some of that. Um, during the some of the hours, we're actually going to have somebody there watching. We do plan on hiring a few more people to where we'll be real-time cameras. The, the goal is to be real-time. The goal is with this, uh, the programs that come with it that are kind of almost AI-ish, if you will, it identifies a ton of things. You, you can help it tell, you can tell it what you need to see, you know, or what activity, okay, you know, this is happening. But our ultimate goal is to be real time, is to be our person who is monitoring those cam cameras sees this activity and sends a unit. So the crime prevention is, is, is real time. The, you know, crime prosecution jumps up, but our solve rate has been great. We, we, aren't lacking we're way over the national average of our solve rate of our major crimes so i want it because it makes it easier um, i also want to apprehend people when we have to the faster you get someone off the street the less chance you have of retaliation because now they're locked up mm -hmm. so you know unfortunately i understand too much but one shooting leads to sometimes another you know very shortly after or within you know the next few days because there's a, you know, a retaliatory factor. So to stop that, you put them on ice as quick as you can. Well, those cameras will, will help to pull that footage and, you know, see who did what quickly. Um, we do utilize people's ring 
doorbell cameras. We utilize security cameras on existing buildings. You know, we try all kind of stuff, but these are set up to do that with a 360 view and a much uh, more quality camera that, you know, you can identify people much more readily. So that's one of the aspects. But the other one is, like I said, once we can become, and we will, a real crime center, you know, if you see, I mean, to be blunt, but you'll see, you know, two individuals loading up guns. Mm. Well, I mean, you can send a unit right there. We just stopped the shooting. Um, unless they're going duck hunting. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, it is South Louisiana. But uh, anyway, so that's kind of the essence of it and, and what we're, you know, hoping that it does. Plus those tire dumpers. Dude, I can't wait. Mm. I'm going to make them famous. I can't wait to catch the first tire dumper, give them a fine, and put them all over everything or her or whoever it is. But we have a lot of litter problems. We have a lot of uh, minor theft issues. We have some property damage issues that, uh, you know, this is going to be a game changer. I thought it was interesting, too, how they might interact with schools. Yeah, yeah, which is really, really neat. Uh, if we can do that, that's uh, what a help that uh, if something goes down in a school, we would have eyes on it before we got there. There you go. Speaking of cameras, well, these aren't camera. Yeah, I guess camera issues as well. Uh, separate The speed cameras. zone. Yeah, separate, uh, separate cameras. Yeah, separate cameras, the speed zones, and... Uh, discussion about lowering the fees uh, for or, that. Or raising the fees. Or raising yeah. them. <laughs> so that was, I don't know, I didn't time it, but at least an hour and a half. It was a good life. It was almost, yeah, it was at least an hour and a half. I don't, I don't think I even finished it. I, I bet you didn't, sir. <laughs> um, I did. <laughs> anyway, yeah, a lot of discussion, and it ended up staying right with the solutions that we had come up with at the previous meeting. Which I thought Dan made a couple of good points uh, about that. And one of the reasons there was no one from the public there, because they thought maybe that issue had kind of been resolved yeah, yeah. at that meeting last month. Yes, yes. And so now it is resolved. And so those fines were slashed by $100 each. And we, uh, you know, of course, we had already done that warning period and extended that. We put some billboards up. We put some permanent signs up. We hired at this meeting on another agenda item um, a local attorney who will be the hearing officer when people do go through the appeals process. So I think we have a better system in place and certainly we have public awareness. And one of the points of everyone there, regardless if they agreed or disagreed on the value of the f ticket, um, which was the big discussion, and the miles per hour of when tickets are, you know, occur, the one thing everyone admitted that it's working. People are slowing down. You can, at any given time, you can ride through a school zone and see that people are slowing down. And, and it only gives tickets from 7 to 9 and 2 to 4 while the school zones are active. So it's doing what we want it to do. And, the, hey, and the fastest that we don't have any tickets and we don't have any money coming in, the happier I will be. It is not a money grab. It is only to slow people down. And we do hope in the long term that after people realize that they finally, you know, slow down in school zones or avoid the school zones, well, maybe every once in a while they'll think about how they drive, you know, the rest of the day. But uh, and that's that's the real goal. So my hope is the chief uh, spoke about how Karen Crow has lowered in one year, year and a half. They lowered the school zone uh, violations by 95 percent. Mm. You know, that'd be great. You know, I don't really. Oh, I'm not knocking them. We, we did this together with them, but I don't owe Blue Line anything as a company. You know, I'd be thrilled that if in a year they don't get any money. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, we would have accomplished everything we need to accomplish. Gotcha. So and a long discussion. Curious, uh, you know, for instance, there had been no school Monday through 
Wednesday. We and especially well, two were scheduled at least in Iberia. They are notified, and we have one of our lieutenants, and that is one of his job tasks. That every time we don't have school or we gets uh, floods or a freeze or for some reason canceled, that he notifies Blue Line. Gotcha. So Blue Line was notified in those days. Also, we have you know local record of that. So if you had to go through the if if something slipped through and you had to go through the appeals process, I mean you're going to let off it. The, the school zone wasn't active. Gotcha. Uh, you know, it's maybe been a while since I'm here uh, during those hours. Usually, uh-huh. not driving through a lot of school zones. Uh, do do they have flashing lights though during those hours? Yes. Those kind of things. Yes. Signage that states the time and flashing lights. Gotcha. Gotcha. So got anything else on that topic? No, of note? I think um, we. <laughs> any, I, and I know it's only been a week uh, plus, especially without school uh, until today, this week. But any idea uh, what happened in that first week with the? We uh, only had one or two days of information yeah. uh, because I asked the chief that. Uh, the big thing was we knew because you know you always got hindsight. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. In twelve days, it issued four thousand tickets, so that was an average of three hundred thirty-three tickets a day. Well, we only had feedback for one day, and it was 200 and something. And so we're in the process of getting that, and we'll track that. So uh, hopefully that's going to be the, you know, the marker, you know, to understand, you know, how this thing is really working. Gotcha. And, and again, right now, just three schools, I think. Yes. Yes, sir. Nish, North Lewis, and Daspit. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. They were slated to go on state highways, and they still might, but that's a DOTD thing. Gotcha. And, um, and that would have been John Hopkins and uh, Center Street Elementary. Gotcha. So uh, eventually adopted a couple of ordinances related to uh, what we've talked about. Correct. And, Correct. Um, I assume they both passed. Yes. And you had uh, several resolutions that were up for adoption, um, one of them dealing with the backflow preventer on Sucrose Drive. Yeah, we had a few of them. The backflow preventer that required a change order because we had to be replaced. Uh, we were going to give them their substantial completion, but an inspection didn't happen, so we can't do that till next meeting. We had a couple of small credits uh, from road program because remember road programs work on unit cost, and the engineers sit there and calculate every yard, every uh, of whatever uh, could be sand, concrete, backfill, whatever. And so we had a couple of credits coming to us. And then we had a change order for 37000 to make some repairs to the new AC system. There's an air conditioning system. There's a boiler. And there's a bunch of heater strips and uh, or piping um, for the boiler. So the whole boiler is not really being replaced. It just said air conditioning on the uh, agenda item. But basically, it's it's parts and pieces that make the boiler function. And while those air conditioning units units are out and out of that area because it's all crammed in one little uh, spot in a mechanical area, uh, this was the time to do it. So that's what that's about. Okay. Asphalt overlay project, uh, how's that going? Good. It's going good. They uh, All those uh, $12.5 million bond issue projects are, are, you know, wrapping up. They're not finished yet. So we have some bills coming in and, of course, some engineering left to pay for and some testing, and then we'll know what our balance is. We won't have spent it all. I, th- I think it's going to end up being around a half million dollars. Right now it shows it's a million dollars, but, you know, all the bills aren't in and all the work isn't completed. But that should wind up in the next month or so, 
And the good news is Jason Akers pops up in February and begins all the steps we have to take to pay off that existing millage and be prepared with the new one to float a bond for the new road program. So starting in February and going on for the next three or four months will be to get that uh, financial piece all done and the bonds and, you know, bid that out and see where we are to know how big of a program we can run. And the engineering has started uh, for the next batches of streets in each district. So uh, we'll be talking about roads for a little while, and then we'll be doing roads, which is good. There you go. Monterey Street Detention Pond Project. Ex- remind us of it, and I guess you got some state backing here. That project, we purchased some property from the parish, and uh, we are building a detention retention pond that will alleviate the flooding in and around the Acadian Acres area, and we'll send that water directly to Bayou Tesh from this holding area. So excited about that project. It was probably proposed 20 years ago. We did what we had to do over the last couple of years and squirreled away 2.8 or 2.9 million in our drainage fund to be able to do that. And lo and behold, we hired Finstermaker and they got us a grant. So we applied for a grant with them and we got it. So now we have 3.1 million. So that frees up our 2.9 million that can only be used for drainage. So it's kind of the same old thing. Somebody's going to call me and say, use that to fix the streets or use that for something. You can't. So, but that will allow additional drainage projects. So that's awesome. I mean, you figure 3.1 plus 2.9, uh, plus we'll get a little surcharge of money in that account in April. So, you know, the next probably take two years to do it. But I mean, now suddenly we've got $7 million to spend on drainage, which is awesome. You combine that with the 15 or 16 million we'll have for the streets. I mean, we, we're making some basic government investments in infrastructure, which is, you know, what we should be doing. All so right. excited about that. That grant uh, really helped. All right. It's not here yet, but it's coming. Gotcha. And there's a resolution to send Dee Dee Johnson Reed to Spain. Yes. Twinning ceremony. How, how did this come about? Um, Spain has been wanting to come. The mayor has been the mayor of Spain, for of Aluín de Torres, for probably 20-something years. But he's never been here. Every year they might come, they might come. So they wanted to do a retwinning ceremony here. They wanted us to do one there. So that's been talked about the last couple of years. Um, I was going to go. I got some reasons why I can't go. So I won't be going. And uh, that was a bummer. And I think that uh, there's about 15 people from here who have been actively involved in starting the Spanish festival and have all been involved in this, you know, from day one. Uh, half my family were Ramirez and Seguras and Lopez's, so, you know, I'm half French and half Spanish. I'm a mutt, <laughs> like most people here. I was going to say. I mean, yeah. that's our background, French yeah. and Spanish. So I fit New Iberia. I just don't have the New Iberia haircut, but, you know, <laughs> if I could, I'd be working on that. Sorry, y'all, I can't. But anyway, so everybody was bummed, and then Spain was like, well, we're not coming until, you know, someone comes from here. And so it just kind of was at a standstill. And then uh, the Spanish Festival Association asked me if I wasn't going to go, would it be all right if they could uh, could they invite uh, Councilwoman Dita Johnson-Reed? Her district, is that the thought process? No, not at all. Or? She's been to Spain three times, and last year she did. It is called the Camino, and I'm a car nut, so I call it the El Camino. But that Camino that you walk, I think she walked, she'd have to correct me, but I think it's like 150 miles 
but she marched across Spain, and you follow this Camino Trail, and it goes to all these churches. It's, it's kind of a religious-based thing. It goes, it winds through tons of towns and mountains and everything else, and you go to all of these churches, okay? Mm. Well, that's what this trip is about because it's Holy Week, and you spend the whole week with these religious processions and kind of the same kind of stuff, okay, looking at churches, but... That was the time they wanted us to come because in, in the town of Halloween de Taurus, this is a big old deal. They have these like fraternal orders at different colors, purple, green, but they have these fraternal orders that, you know, it probably takes 250 people to carry a statue that's in a church and bring it all over town. Um, the mini version was when we did the FET over here in the bayou, and, and you, you saw that they were a bunch of altar boys carrying some, you know, pool. This is that on steroids. I mean, it is huge, okay? I mean, like, it takes them an hour to turn a corner in a little winding village, okay? So, and these things weigh thousands of pounds. So, it's a thing. Well, they were so impressed that she had done that, and they said that the Spaniards would really be impressed because it was kind of the same thing. So, the fact that she had gone on her own by herself and gone and done that just last year, they said, well, you know, she fits the bill. Uh, I think she'd want to do it. And so, one thing led to another, I lined up the meeting at my office, and they invited her, and she accepted. Very cool. It is cool. So, But the city is going to pick up a part of that bill? Yes, we are. All we right. are, as she is a representative of the city. Gotcha. Another and she'll do a great job. There you go. I think we already talked about uh, April DeFelice. Yes. Um, uh, that issue, uh, apparently that hiring went well. Mm-hmm. And then you introduced uh, several ordinances for publication purpose. That'll be up for adoption at the February 6th meeting. Anything out of the ordinary uh, with the ARPA and asphalt overlay? Um? No, no. The ARPA one is just uh, the money that we had. We had to roll it over. It's, it's all accounted for. We are going to end up with a small amount of money, possibly at the very end. We have a pot of money that pays the professionals. That's not ARPA money. And then we have the pot of money that is what's left of ARPA because we are you know, trying to do our projects. And so the accounting for that is is very stringent, and we have to do reporting every quarter. And so I had said that from the very beginning. You will always see us adjusting the ARPA money to make sure that those reports are right because we don't have to pay anything back. Um, so that's what that was about. Then uh, asphalt overlay, again, that's just continuing to wrap up the 12.5 projects. I'm trying to think of what... The Act 170 funds That and was some money West we End got. Air. Yes, the Act 170, some money that we're renovating the courtroom with on the second floor, and that was just to keep up with that. Um, no, nothing really out of the ordinary, just kind of, you know, housekeeping. We have audit times coming. Our auditors are beginning to work on our audits, and so not that we don't keep it straight all year long, but this is the time to... We're catching things or realizing, hey, we need to move this or do that. Um, just to make sure that when the audit comes, we, we can be as good as we can be. All right. And then planning and zoning had an issue uh, allowing a electronical variable message sign, an electronic sign in front of 301 East St. Peter. That's the Iberia Bank building? That's the old Iberia Bank yeah. building, but not the big building. Next to it, you can see where there used to be the drive through in that little smaller building. Yes. Uh, businessman in town, Chris Jordan, bought that. He already owned meshes. For now, he's going to continue to manufacture donuts, if you want to call it manufacturing, cook them up. Uh, he's going to do the donuts at the existing meshes, which, as I understand, will remain open. But he's going to bring them to this location, and he wanted a sign 
for only for that location, only for meshes, not a big, you know, not a 15 foot tall and 30 feet wide giant billboard sign. Okay, more like maybe six feet high and 10 feet wide. Okay, kind of like the Pepperplex sign yeah. you just put yeah. up to advertise meshes on that sign. And so he went to planning and zoning, and and they approved it. We approved it, and so now meshes in short order will have a drive through. That you can, and, and I'm not being ugly. I love that meshes is there. The donuts are great, but this always congested on St. Peter Street. That people trying to back and get in at that parking lot, you still will be able to do that, but it will relieve a whole lot of that congestion and probably up his numbers uh, for his business. And I want every business to succeed because he'll have a drive-through. Uh, he owns property now from St. Peter to Charles Street, so I guess you're just gonna, you know, like it used to operate at the bank, drive straight through. Um, so that's what that was about. Gotcha. So they're vacating their current location eventually? I don't know. Oh. Uh, he talked about maybe one day building a new one, but I think for a while he's going to run. I mean, I can't speak for him. I can just only say what he told me. He's going to continue to operate there. You can walk in. You can do what you got to do. But all the drive through business will be able to occur, you know, on this. It's really on the same block. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not far. Donuts won't be cold, you know. He'd be able to move <laughs> have to move them quick. All right. A lot of discussion as well on the Railroad Street uh, and not the railroad street, but yeah. the railroad crossing at Caroline Street. Yeah, that one has been going on for a long time. And in April of last year, we've tried everything, if you ask me, my opinion, okay? We asked them not to close it. They said, no, we're closing it. We asked them at one time, hey, could we swap with another one and just move the arms? They said, no, you can't do that. You'll have to pay. We tried to put up some money and partner with them. I was only going so far, but we put up $100,000 and said, you know, could we help? And you wouldn't close, Caroline. You would put the arms and lights there. They told us no. Uh, we reminded them that the uh, assisted living and the, I forgot the other use, it's a uh, physical therapy, that all those things had been added, we think, and enhanced since they did their study originally. They, wouldn't, they, they said no, didn't make a difference. So we haven't gotten anywhere. Um, we sent them a final letter in April, and I told the council then because I went – I don't ever look at the meetings. I make my other people look at that. I don't want to see that. But I got my clerk to go back, and at the end I said, if we ever get a response, I can't do anything without you. I'll be back. Okay, well, that's exactly what happened. So we got a snarky letter, and I'm being nice, probably a week ago. I basically said we didn't do a public hearing right, and we didn't do this right, and blah, 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 and we've been holding this up for 20 years. And I'm like, man, what, what are you talking about? And I uh, wasn't my response wasn't very nice, but I didn't make one. That was just in my office. Then we turned around and they said, uh, well, if you would want to do something like uh, close Deer Street, because I was proposed at one time and leave Caroline open because of this business activity, uh, you're going to incur all the cost. Well, when I had inquired prior, it was like a half a million dollars. Well, mm. we don't have a half a million dollars. That's not in our budget to do. So I, brought, I did what I needed to do. I brought it back to the council. The two... Uh, and you don't know till you vote on it, but the two uh, sentiments I'll give it from the council, some was like, we've tried everything we can, just, you know, they, they're going to close Caroline anyway because the railroad always does what it wants to. Uh, some of the other sentiment was, well, let's look into having a public hearing and seeing if people would want us to close Deer or Caroline. With a price. But it's a price. Yeah. Well, we don't have the money for the price, but it'll come back to the council and the council will vote. And that's the two things. Do we spend money on Deer Street? Do we do a public hearing, which that's it cost a few thousand dollars with the notices and the signs we have to put up and, you know, it's not free. But do we do that 
and then if people say close Car- if it, if the sentiment is to close Caroline anyway, well then we don't have to do anything because if we don't respond by April 24th, I think they just close Caroline. Or you could have the public hearing and people could say, well, uh, yeah, why don't you swap them? But we don't have a half million dollars. Yeah. So I, I don't know where that's going to head, and the council is just going to have to decide. I mean, that's why I bring them the issues. So I'll be bringing it to the next meeting um, with, with kind of an A and a B. And, and you know, what do you want to do? Because uh, what I don't want to do is have a public hearing and promise people something, or they ha- imply that we would do something by the public hearing when we don't have any money. So, so you know, that could be the third choice. We could get you sentiment, but, you know, we don't have half a million dollars. Yeah. Uh, if they'll pay for it, we'll do it. If they won't pay for it, we won't do it. So it'll be one of those long discussion items because it kind of already started, and but that's how it kind of broke down. Um, so I'll try to figure a way between now and the next two meetings to, to give the council some clear choices and to bring it. And, you know, we'll do what we always do. And at the end of the day, I think we make great decisions. We talk about things. I do feel like a talk show host sometime, but I, I don't mind. It's fun. So uh, I think in the end, even the camera guy, the guy who came for the camera, said I gotta, he didn't have to do that. He had, and when he was finished, he was done with his issue. It was all favorable. He says, man, I got to tell you something. I go to a lot of communities. I'm watching y'all not even agree, but y'all are smiling at each other. Y'all are polite to each other. Nobody's down each other's throat. And on the next issue, y'all are all back yeah. together. That has been the strength of both of my councils. Um, it just takes a while. But the good thing is, you know, I see other towns. I talk to other mayors. They ask me h- how you keep that going, you know, because most of the time we see that in even some local examples. People break down at the camps. You know, I saw that when I was the, the uh, mayor pro tem before. They break down into, into one or two or sometimes three different camps, and they just, you know, all stick together in those little groups, and, and really it breaks down communication and it breaks down making things happen. I've been blessed for my two terms here that I haven't had any of that. Um, it might take a little longer, but who cares? That's game day for us, and that's what our function is. So I think we get much better decisions because of that. Um, so... Stay tuned for more. There you go. So uh, was there a closure at Evangeline Street? Uh, wasn't there a third street over there that had a crossing, too? Or Oh, they've closed some already. They yeah. closed, they've closed a few of them. I, I can't spit them out right off, uh, right off the bat. They're going to close the one by the courthouse. Mm-hmm. Um, Prospect. Uh, I mean, Providence. 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 Yeah, they're going to close Providence. And then, like I said, they... They come with a set number and say, we study you, you got too many. They closed some years ago, and then now they kind of come back, and they never quit coming. You know, their, their goal is to close as many as they can because it costs them money. It's mm-hmm. a business. Uh, people say the railroad's been here before us, and I always laugh because our town was founded in 1779, <laughs> and we didn't have a railroad, okay? But they have been here a very long time. The track goes through the center of our town. And, and, and it's in, hard those to days, the railroad. in those days, people them. begged we to begged get the them railway. To come. Yeah, absolutely. We, we let it. You didn't come. want to be bypassed. No, we let it come through the center of our town. It was, it was, yeah. you know, the latest and greatest at the time. So uh, anyway, but they, they are a monopoly and they are bullies, uh, and and they just kind of twist it around and write you these letters. I mean, it's not my first time, um, but we'll see. We'll, more discussion to come. All right. Anything? Uh, I don't recall anything out of the council remarks of uh, look that meeting was we didn't get out there till nine o'clock that's very unusual for the city council to start at 5 30 and leave at nine there wasn't a whole lot of big remarks by that time i think everybody was kind of like okay 
I even called before the meeting. I never do that. I called Jeff Simon. I said, hey, bro, I'm eating supper. You better eat supper. And he goes, what? And I said, it's going to be a long one. Uh, so I just knew from, from, you know, I mean, I know my counsel and I know our issues. Uh, but, yeah, by the time councilman remarks came, we were wore out. <laughs> there you go. Anything else uh, no. you want to bring about? Any project updates of note? You know, just jamming. I mean, I don't want to repeat myself every time, but just uh, we finally got the approval to start, which is now a bunch of other approvals from the state. But after six months of waiting, I got the notice that I could we could start the next phase of the Pepperplex. So I think next What will that entail? Briefly, what will that uh, entail? That will entail a big pavilion that will be used for all the opening ceremonies that we can rent. That will cover five pickleball courts, which I think is cool because that's some new activity out there. We have to redo the batting cage, which is desperately needed. We have one more field to turf because we couldn't afford to do all of them last time. And we'll pay more for it this time, but, I mean, I didn't have the money. So we have another field to turf. We have some site work to do and some additional parking that will go in. And then uh, with that, at the same time, because of approvals by the council previously, we bought the property behind Lowe's, and the engineers are working on the plan so that we can spend the money to put an additional road out to Queen City to a light. That's happening. And then uh, we've asked for another million dollars this year. But anyway, so that that's kind of what that would entail. Gotcha. Um, so I'm excited that we have... Uh, Continual investments made. Both of the, uh, they're about to knock down the building on Henry Street where we're building a new little pocket park. Uh, the asbestos work has been done. A uh, few people have called me from the neighborhood. As I've stated, it was done by licensed people. They are monitored by, you know, federal agencies. They know what they're doing to get rid of the asbestos. The asbestos is gone and the building will be knocked down, I think, starting Monday. A uh, few people don't seem to be happy about that. Overall, I think people are excited that we're building a park. Um, now we're trying to get the approval as fast as we can because it's late from the state for uh, Ann Street because we have a park coming up there. So uh, just it's a good time. We have a lot of projects coming and, uh, you know, a lot more in the works. All right. We've got a caller on the line. We'll see oh, if it's good. a question or comment for the mayor. Hi, you're in the air. How you doing? Good. Good. Uh, I listened to Jeff's show uh, when he did the meeting that y'all discussing, and I saw a little bit of it last night. I want to tell you, <clears throat> two of your console people up there, uh, D.D. Reed Johnson and uh, D.J. Ledbetter, uh -huh. you should give them medals for bravery. <laughs> because, I mean, they just up front told uh, Dan Dahl and some of these others, we're not here to defend people who broke the law, who criminals, really. <laughs> I wouldn't be concerned if a hundred people came over there and said, "Oh, we all broke the law. Would you help us get out of it?" You know, <laughs> I mean, she, Deidre is on. She was even suggesting speed bumps at one time. Those two ladies are reflecting the views of what most of these people in New Iberia are concerned about: the safety of not only kids but just general the general public speeding up and down the road. And for anybody to go up there and defend people who are breaking the law, I mean, it's utterly ridiculous. I mean, I'm just, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate the call. And I am, right. I'm blessed to have a vocal council and uh, to hear everybody's opinions. And, you know, everybody represents a different district. Uh, so all of those opinions aren't always going to be, you know, cohesive. Uh, and that's the fun part of my job is to try to pull from all of that, keep us moving, keep us doing positive stuff, and kind of pull a little bit of information from each one and put something together that everybody can agree to. Uh, and that's normally on me because that's, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. 
but uh, it does make it fun. Anything else before we let you go? No, sir. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure. We'll look forward to the next time. Good.